Hello, and welcome to A Health Podacy. I'm your host, Alan Weil. Paid sick leave is a benefit many of us take as a given, but almost one quarter of workers in the United States do not get any paid sick leave at all. That puts the employee in a very difficult position, reluctant to not go to work, even when sick, because they can't afford to lose their wages. Other high-income countries mandate sick leave, and in 2012, Connecticut became the first state to adopt a sick leave mandate. Fifteen other states in the District of Columbia have followed suit. Now, it might not be surprising to learn that paid sick leave mandates reduce the likelihood of people going to work when they're sick. But do these mandates affect the use of the emergency room? After all, if you can't take time off during the workday, you might be more likely to go to the emergency room for after-hours care. The relationship between state-paid sick leave mandates and emergency department use is the topic of today's episode of A Health Podacy. I'm here with Yanle Ma, a postdoctoral research fellow at Harvard Pilgrim Health Institute. Dr. Ma and co-authors published a paper in the August 2022 issue of Health Affairs examining the effect of state-level mandatory paid sick leave policies on emergency department visits. They found a relationship, which we will discuss in today's episode. Dr. Ma, welcome to the program. Thank you very much for having me, Alan. It's a pleasure to be here with you and your listeners. Well, thank you for being my guest today. This is a really important topic, and the more we focus on improving people's health, we realize that there are policies outside of core health policy that actually affect people's health and their health outcomes. You focused on mandatory paid sick leave. I gave a very brief introduction, but can you say a little bit more about the history of these state-level policies? Absolutely. So paid sick leave, as its name suggests, is designed to provide employees with job-protected paid time off to address their own short-term health needs or the needs of their family members. For example, a worker can use paid sick time to recover from a cold or go for an annual physical. A worker may use paid sick time to take a mental health day or pick up a sick child from school. Sometimes, workers also use paid sick leave to to seek legal services related to domestic violence. All of this said, United States is actually one of the very few high-income countries in the world that does not have a permanent paid sick leave mandate at the national level. So to fill this policy gap, state and the local governments have been enacting paid sick leave laws over the past few years. For example, in 2007, San Francisco became the first jurisdiction in the United States to mandate paid sick leave. In 2012, Connecticut became the first state to mandate the paid sick leave. Currently, at the state level, 16 states and the District of Columbia have paid sick leave mandates in place And at the local level, over 20 cities and counties have also passed the paid sick leave laws. So during the pandemic, various COVID-19 related emergency paid sick leave mandates had been implemented across federal, state and local level. 
However, these mandates are temporary, and the leaves allowed under these mandates are specifically for the COVID-19 related reasons. Maybe this will be a not maybe this is an inappropriate thing to say, but you know, I I don't think I've ever had a job where I didn't have paid sick leave. That's just something you take as a given. You get. You get annual leave, you get sick leave. That's just what we expect in a job. Um, so who has jobs that don't have paid sick leave? What do these jobs look like? Who, who really is affected by these policies? Yes, this is a great question. So for a long time, the lack of paid sick leave has been particularly prevalent for workers in construction and the service sectors, industries such as food, hospitality, retail, construction, they rarely offer paid sick leave. And because of that, many low-wage or part-time workers in these industries, they do not have paid sick leave. For many of them, taking time away from work to see a doctor means risking their jobs and financial stability. And one thing to kind of keep in mind is because Black, Hispanic, and other workers of color are overrepresented in such industries and occupations, they disproportionately struggle with having access to paid sick leave. And more recent statewide mandates reduced the disparity in access to the paid sick leave we, we have seen recent studies showing construction and the service sector jobs saw large increase in the paid sick leave coverage. And similarly, low-wage and part-time employers are also increasingly offer paid sick leave coverage after the, uh, after the statewide mandates. So this is a big change for people in certain sectors. You studied changes in emergency department use. But before you even get to that, there are other effects that we expect these policies to have. So your research builds on an evidence base about the effects of the policies. Can you say a little bit about what the research has already shown us before your work about the effects of mandatory sick leave policies? Absolutely. So existing studies have shown, as compared to workers without paid sick leave, workers with paid sick leave are more likely to take time off from work and less likely to forego medical care when they are sick. There are also studies showing paid sick leave increases the use of ambulatory care, preventive services, and reduces workplace injuries and disease transmission. So with this in mind, we, we started thinking about how to build on the existing studies and look at the effect of emergency department and look at the effect of paid sick leave policies on the emergency department use. Yeah, it seems uh, that the activities you described that have been shown are things that could keep people out of the emergency department. So what did you find? So my co-authors and I analyzed the state-level emergency department visit rate with AHRQ-ED visit data between 2011 and 2019. We used a difference in differences design and compared changes in emergency department visit rate before versus after adoption of paid sick leave mandate between states 
enacted such policy during the study period, and the comparison states without such policy during the study period. So we found the adoption of statewide paid sick leave mandates was associated with a 5.6% decline in the emergency department visit rate. This translates to a reduction of 23 ED visits per thousand population per year in mandate states relative to comparison states. Based on this estimate, we calculated the U.S. healthcare system would have saved approximately $2 billion to $3 billion of emergency department expenses in the year of 2019 if each state in the United States had mandated paid sick leave at the beginning of that year. These reductions in emergency department use are really quite substantial. And uh, it's clear that people going to the emergency room because they don't have an option of, of taking time off uh, while they're working um, place a real burden on the healthcare sector. Uh, I'd like to know a little bit more about some of the subpopulations that you focused on in the work. Um, we'll talk about that after we take a short break. And we're back. I'm speaking to Dr. Yanlei Ma about state mandatory paid sick leave and its effect on emergency department use. Before the break, we looked at the top-line study results, which show very significant declines in emergency department use. In the data, you're able to look at some different populations and um, look at uh, parents and children, and I'd like to spend a little bit of time going through some of those. So given the population you mentioned at the beginning of who's most affected by these policies, it's not surprising that people covered by Medicaid would be uh, where you would see some of the results in particular. Can you give me a little more depth on the results for uh, people who have Medicaid as their source of coverage? We saw large reduction in ED visit rate among Medicaid enrollees. Specifically, state paid sick leave mandates were associated with a significant reduction of 17.5 ED visits per thousand Medicaid population per quarter. And these contrast the marginally significant reduction of 1.9 emergency department visits per thousand privately insured population per quarter. So we thought this makes intuitive sense because Medicaid covers many low-wage and service sector workers. Without the mandate, many of their employers would not have offered paid sick leave. But in contrast, many privately insured workers with those well-paid jobs, they already had access to the paid sick leave even before the policy. So it is not surprising to see a substantially larger effect on the Medicaid population as compared to privately insured population. Well, it's not surprising, but it, it first of all, it reinforces the validity of the work. It also suggests potential savings to Medicaid from adopting policies like these, and states are very concerned about their Medicaid budgets. So it's an interesting uh, place to focus. You also, in the paper, talked about 
pediatric spillover. It's not a term that probably means anything uh, until you describe it. So I'm going to ask you to explain it and uh, tell us about your findings in that area. Sure. So when analyzing the effect of paid sick leave mandate by age group, we saw reductions in both adult and pediatric ED visit rates, and the reductions were of similar magnitude. So what this suggests to us is the mandate not only improved access to care for employees themselves, but it seems to be providing working parents with the flexibility to better take care of the health of their children. So this is also consistent with studies showing parents with paid sick leave are more likely to stay at home when their child gets sick or take their child to the doctor's office. So this is really a family benefit. Uh, when we think about sick leave, it's, the, it's not just that the employee may be sick, but that a family member may be, and, and uh, being able to take care of them, again, during sort of normal work hours reduces uh, unmet need and reduces the need to go to the emergency department. The, these are very powerful findings. At some level, they sort of obviously point to a policy, which is to say that if we were to adopt this as a national policy, we would uh, see some benefits in health. But uh, you're in the field of research in this area, so you can probably go a little deeper with a little more nuance. Uh, You started this work looking at the effect on emergency department use. What other questions do you have in mind as you look at the field of knowledge around mandatory uh, sick leave, paid sick leave policies, and at uh, uh, healthcare utilization? First of all, given the diversity of the U.S. workforce and the social economic disparities in paid sick leave access, we may want to try to explore using more granular or patient-level data to better understand the differential effect of paid sick leave policies on this diverse U.S. workforce. And another aspect my co-authors and I were thinking about is to explore how the generosity of paid sick leave mandates affect the healthcare utilization and outcomes. So currently, we saw lots of sort of variations in state paid sick leave laws, such as which type of occupations get covered, or what is the employer's size in order to have, uh, in order to be eligible for the paid sick leave, and who employees can take care of using their sick time off. There are, and these days we also see cities and counties implementing more comprehensive paid sick leave laws in addition to the state mandate so that they can actually include small employer obligations. So it is interesting to just try to understand to what extent such differences in terms of the policy is going to affect the ultimate health outcome of the population we are interested in. Yeah, let me follow up on that last point. Um, So as I understand it in the study, you basically, a state was either sort of a a yes or a no. You, You have a mandatory paid sick leave policy or you don't. And you found these quite big differences. But but there are differences across the states in the design of those policy and who they cover, as you say, for how long, um, what purposes you can use uh, the leave for. And so 
if you drilled a little deeper, you might be able to find out the effects of some of those specific dimensions as opposed to just treating this as a yes-no. Is, is that my, am I understanding that right? Right, exactly. So basically, um, I mean, right now, one of the debate is whether or not uh, we should have paid sick leave mandate either at, the f either at the federal level or at the national level. But another layer of the debate is whether or not we should include, for example, small employers into the paid sick leave mandate. Or, I mean, there is discussions about for example, for one hour um, of the paid sick leave, how many hours should they have worked in order to accrue this one hour of sick leave? So all of these are uh, like potential future research areas for the researchers to explore and hopefully can help us understand what is the most effective way of designing the paid sick leave policy. So I wonder if as we come to a close, uh, you could uh, say a little about what you think the implications of this uh, work are. And um, as a postdoctoral research fellow, maybe you can say a little bit about what your future research priorities are related to what we discussed today. So over the past few months, various federal and state COVID-19 emergency paid sick leave laws actually expired. So as of now, many jurisdictions in the United States actually do not have any paid sick leave law in place. So our study emphasized the importance of paid sick leave mandate as a public health tool to combat the ED overuse beyond the context of public health emergency. So by shifting the healthcare burden from frontline emergency departments to our broader healthcare infra infrastructure, the paid sick leave laws can not only reduce the financial burden of individual workers and their families, but also reduce the overall healthcare cost of our society as a whole. And in addition, as policymakers thinking through ways to reduce the health disparity, our study highlights the importance of strengthening the job and payment production for low-income and part-time workers when they get sick. As we saw, there is a substantial reduction of ED visits in this population associated with access to paid sick leave. Well, Dr. Ma, thank you so much for conducting the research, for really giving us a whole other dimension of understanding of the effects of these policies that continue to be debated around the country. And as you noted, uh, we came in through the COVID emergency and adopted many of these. And as they go away, the question will be, will they be replaced? And this seems like very timely information to help us understand what the next generation of policies might be. So thank you for your work. And thank you so much for being my guest on A Health Policy. And thank you, Alan. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, I hope you'll tell a friend about A Health Policy. Health Policy is produced by Health Affairs, the leading journal for health policy research. The team behind the show includes Patty Sweet, Jeff Byers, Julia Vivolo, Sarah Kolk, and Sue Ducat. Like the show? Subscribe to A Health Policy on Apple Podcasts, 
Spotify, Stitcher, Google, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thanks for listening and have a great morning, day, or evening.